Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 25th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is indeed our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, what are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is a freedom-loving, faith-filled, we're taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time, Friday. It's a freedom-loving, fantastic Friday, I might add, as well. And a quick recap of yesterday's show included... Our guest, Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com, doing a great job breaking down honest money. Gold was $1,946.90. Silver, 25.34. And the interesting thing about that is you can't get gold or silver near the spot prices. Even silver alone, over a $12 premium. We talked about the Idaho governor, Brad Little, did indeed sign an abortion ban into law. They call it a Texas-style Abortion ban, heartbeat bill, if you will. They're banning abortions at six weeks. The problem with the Idaho bill is it's got some caveats in it about the rapist and or the impregnator. Is that a term? I don't know. Anyway, can literally sue the mother. Uh, It's kind of a weird deal. Uh, And I'm concerned about those provisions, as is Brad Little. Why can't we just have clean pro-life bills, ladies and gentlemen? Why do we always have to have it so complicated? Anyway, our prayers are that that law can withstand scrutiny, but I'm afraid they might have swallowed the poison pill, uh, if you will. All right, Outdoor Retailers Show coming back to Salt Lake City. It'll remain at the Salt Lake or the Salt Palace Convention Center in Salt Lake City. It'll remain there for the next three years with shows every January and June. Uh, And I think in general, it's great that they got the retailers show back. It'll be good for Utah's economy. But I'm telling you again, have they swallowed a poison pill? Um, You know, the reason the outdoor retailer folks left Utah is over discussions about control of land. And will we let environmentalists literally control the land by edict and by mandate and by bullying and et cetera, et cetera? Well, Utah stood up pretty good and the outdoor retailer show left. Well, that's great, but now they're coming back. And my question is, have they already agreed to a compromise? Have they already given away the farm, so to speak, on this? So I pray that that goes well. We also talked about a database used by the New York Police Department. Violates state law and the Constitution. Experts are now doubling down in a lawsuit complaining about. It's called the Legal Egg aid society and the legal aid society is saying hey you cannot collect this dna you cannot do that well they're absolutely right shame on new york city shame on the cops there shame on collecting dna on anybody it's an absolute unconstitutional violation of everyone's rights to say the least that was our one hour two 
We had two incredible guests on. First on, we had Pete Sepp. He's president of the National Taxpayers Union. NTU.org is the voice of American taxpayers mobilizing government officials and taxpayers to reduce taxes. And we talked about where things stand on the ARPA, state tax cut provision. We also talked about how Congress can boost ocean shipping. Uh, incredible uh, interview with Pete Seff. He's on with us monthly, does a phenomenal job of the National Taxpayers Union. Equally as riveting, Matt Staver, lead attorney with Liberty Council, was our guest. And he says their motive is control. The military case of witness tampering. Liberty Council, LC.org, doing a phenomenal job. Joe Biden has yet more blood on his hands. Another member of our armed forces is suffering because of the heinous tactics and is dead because the Joe Biden administration wants to force Christians out of the military. Literally, it's an attack on all of us, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have the right to your body autonomy? Isn't it interesting that the abortion discussions are happening at the same time they want to force us all to take an experimental vaccine? Liberty Council has filed another temporary restraining order on behalf of 22 military plaintiffs, and good for them for doing it. Shame on the Maine governor, governor of the state of Maine, violates the law with shot mandates. Anyway, two incredible guests yesterday on Liberty Roundtable Live. All available at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. And if you want to donate, we can use every penny you can give us, ladies and gentlemen. All right, without further ado, news that I refuse to use starts now. Chris Carlson with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we, Sam, need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Roger that. Wow. Our next um, discussion point is from an incredible column written by a guy by the name of Larry Bell, and it's written in LewRockwell.com. Don't blame Putin for petroleum companies for pain at the pump. Incredible article. It starts out with a guarantee from Joe Biden. Here it is. I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. There's whacked out crazy Joe. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuels. Now, folks, this is his 2019 campaign pledge. Is it coincidental? Chris Carlson, that now you've been experiencing pain at the pump, incredible price increases ever since. I think there's a game being played here, and so does this incredible columnist, Larry Bell. Chris? Yes, sir, and I predicted this in uh, 2007, Sam. I thought it was going to happen a lot sooner, that we would see $7 a gallon gas. We haven't seen that yet, I admit, but I predicted back then you know, just so people take me a little more seriously about the deep state. Um, I think we will yet see $7 a gallon gas uh, before too long. I, I don't wish that. I just think that we will. 
And, uh, you know, this whole notion that, you know, we've got to get off fossil fuels, I think is, is a fraud uh, at its core, because I don't believe, Sam, that oil or natural gas, um, I don't believe that either of those two are uh, fossil fuels. I believe that they are, in fact, renewable resources. And there is a theory called the, a, B, uh, the abiotic hypothesis of oil. Uh, have you ever heard of that? The a, I have I'll go not, ahead and read the, actually. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and read the Wikipedia uh, explanation of that. So the abiotic hypothesis is that the full suite of hydrocarbons found in petroleum can either be generated in the mantle by abiogenic processes or by biological processing of these abiogenic hydrocarbons. So that's a, a lot of fancy words that basically says that, um, and I believe, I buy into this, Sam, that the earth actually renews its supply of oil and natural gas on a regular basis. So we really don't have to worry about running out. Yes, it but does. So let me give you a little tidbit. There, there's a buddy of ours who wrote a book about this, uh, and his name is Jerome Corsi. And basically the idea is, you know, we believe that this is fossil fuel, that somehow our oil comes from bones of dinosaurs. Um, and absolutely, that's just one of the most bogus lies we've ever heard. The mantle of the earth generates oil and natural gas, or at least the products that create or turn into um, those things. And so the, the raw materials are generated from the mantle of the earth. And Jerome Corsi's book literally highlights this. Uh, in great detail and documents that reality check, Chris. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to interesting, you know, yesterday I was talking to a chemical engineer who had worked his entire career in the oil industry. And he told me that uh, currently the, the world is consuming 100 million barrels of oil a day. So are you telling me that those 100, mil, 100 million barrels of oil that we consume as a world a day came from rotting uh, plant and animal material thousands of years ago, we would have run out long time ago, Sam. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I well, know that's in fact, not a even in the early 70s, Chris, they said that we were going to run out of oil. 50 years later, that's not the claim now, right? Nope. No, uh, they, they can't get away with it. And, and some wells, uh, and I've heard this, I don't have any uh, specific documentation uh, to present to you, but some wells actually are producing when uh, – uh, engineers thought that they would stop producing years ago. They're still producing oil mysteriously when they thought that they were depleted. Um, and this is biblical as well. This is uh, based on scripture. For, so Doctrine and Covenants 104, 17 reads, uh, For the earth is full, and there is enough to spare. Yea, I prepared all things, and have given unto the children of men to be agents unto themselves. So this notion that the earth is limited in its capacity to support human existence uh, is contrary to God's laws. He has given us these resources. Now, I'm not saying that we necessarily have to continue using oil and natural gas for our primary source of energy into the future. Maybe there is a more economical uh, or efficient way to uh, power our cars and to heat our homes. When we get back Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, Shotgun on the broadcast today. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. 
a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, the book written by Jerome R. Corsi is called The Politics of Oil, ladies and gentlemen. Just for your reference point, I mentioned that book, and it talks about the oil is indeed made from the mantle of the earth. And you got to kind of wonder also, is oil the cooling agent? Is raw, crude oil the cooling agent for the earth? Very interesting discussion, ladies and gentlemen. And if the oil is the cooling agent for the earth, it's necessary. And that's why the earth makes it, right? That's why the earth is a plentiful resource thereof. And that's why this idea that if we use the oil, that it's a problem is a big old absolute lie. This idea that we're running out of oil, which they lied about and said in the early 70s, is an absolute complete lie. As Chris Carlson wisely stated, ladies and gentlemen, the earth is full and there is enough and to spare. You know what? God gave us these things as renewable resources to bless our lives. Let's be very clear about that. But you know what? Gas prices, ladies and gentlemen, have been going up long before Putin's invasion of the Ukraine, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not Russia, Russia, Russia anymore, is it? I mean, you you have to look and see the trend line. The trend line started way before Russia invaded Ukraine. And there's another uh, X factor here that uh, Jill Skousen exposes. I don't know if I'm going to go into that at this point. He says... um, Biden oil embargo of Russia, a fraud. World Affairs brief of March 18th, which is last week. He says basically there's a there's a flotilla of 12 oil tankers off the U.S. coast uh, just waiting to unload their Russian oil cargoes. Well, how can that be, Sam? I thought we uh, are embargoed Russian oil. Well, that embargo d- didn't take place until 45 days after they announced the embargo. 
So the embargo is not even in place yet. It won't be in place until April 22nd. So this Russia, 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 always blaming Russia for every one of our problems is, is just not panning out. Um, there are some, some reasons. There's some very legitimate reasons for the fact that the price of oil is increasing. Uh, one of those, of course, is the Keystone XL pipeline uh, permit was revoked, not by um, Donald Trump, but by Joe Biden in his administration. Uh, do you, so there's a list of 11 things. I don't think we should go into too deep a detail. It might I, go ahead boring. real quick. We can run through them. Go. Okay. okay. So, so the first one is the Keystone XL pipeline. Joe Biden revoked the permit. Uh, we were drilling, and I didn't know this, Sam. There was a lot of talk during the, the Bush administration about the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, a.k.a. ANWR in Alaska. And uh, I guess Trump opened that up during his four-year administration, which I didn't even know yes, about. Yes, he did, and good for him for allowing that to happen. I don't really believe it's the president's prerogative to open or close those things, uh, but he was right for allowing uh, our own uh, self-sufficiency, if you will. Exactly. And at this, this juncture, let me give kudos to President Donald Trump. You know, in the past, Sam, I've been notorious for criticizing him for not doing many things. But in this case, I'm going to have to give him credit, give credit where credit is due. He did create a situation where America was energy independent during his four-year administration. And uh, good on him for that. So I, I do have to give credit where credit is due. Okay, so that's that's the second one. Um, he it meant not mentioned in the fact that, uh, you know, Jin Pisaki uh, got up and said, well, there are 9,000 available unused drilling permits, while only 10% of onshore oil production takes place on federal land, making it sound like, well, it's not our fault that the oil companies aren't drilling. Most of their drilling is on public land, which I doubt. It says only uh, 10% of onshore oil production takes place on federal land. I have my doubts about that. But what they don't tell you is... is well, and we can also traditional. debate what federal land is, because that's where the criminality starts as well. Oh, no. Go read your constitution. There's a very limited list and reasons that the federal government can even have control of land. And when they gain control of land, it has to be with permission from and purchase from uh, the given sovereign state that the land resides in. So it's two qualifications. Well, three, I should say. One is you've got to have it in the federal list, the constitutional list of the reason, the justifiable reason that the general or federal government can have land. Secondly, you got to then get approval from the state. And then third, you got to pay for the land. The government's done none of those things in most cases, Chris. And in addition to that, Sam, you got to get a right of way. In other words, you got to be able to access that oil if it's on federal land or on private land for that matter. So there's there's a bunch of restrictions. Uh sufficient inventory of permits before they can contract. So you, it's, if you know anything about uh, large industries like the oil industry, like the gas industry, um, they work on a scale. In other words, you know, you may find one oil well that, you know, may have uh, uh, 100,000 barrels of oil in it, but it may not be cost effective to set up just for that one well. It may only be cost effective and you may only make a profit if you find three or four like that. So there are economies of scale. So it's it's uh, the industry is operated on a, a large scale uh, basis. So if you're only approved for one or two wells uh, on a certain site, it may not be profitable for you to even start drilling. So that's another one. It takes 140 days, Sam, 
for the federal government to approve a drilling permit versus two for the state of Texas. And I've got uh, two inhabitants of Texas with me this weekend, by the way, my daughter and son-in-law are from there. Anyway, 140 days. Why would it take so long to get a permit? That doesn't make any sense when Texas can do it in, in two days. No, it makes every so, sense in the world when you understand they don't want to issue permits, and therefore they make it almost impossible. They don't have the authority to outlaw getting of permits, okay? But what no. they can do is make it almost impossible. And you understand when that's intentional, then it's obvious why it takes so long. Exactly. Okay, so they and, and according to Larry Bell, they've halted onshore lease sales, which to me is a huge deal. I'm sure they're qualified for that, but I, I just wanted to read that. Producers are developing leases more slowly since they don't know when more will be available. So uncertainty plays a huge role. I mean, if if you or I wanted to engage in a, a business and we weren't sure whether or not that business would be regulated out of existence in the future, Sam, you and I would probably be reluctant to go into that business. So, you know, just this... Uh, the, the the threat of potentially not being able to or being regulated out of existence in the future is an impediment to future oil drilling. And some of these other ones, uh, there's like liquid natural gas, uh, the democratic states, of course, not all tyranny exists on the federal level. Sometimes it exists on the state level and democratic governors tend to oppose uh, the development of natural gas and oil resources. So that's an impediment. Uh, and there, there's some others that are kind of technical. So basically, the federal government is sticking its nose, Sam, where it, it doesn't belong constitutionally. Uh, if there is any regulation that is in order for the drilling of oil and natural gas, it should be done on the state level, if that, and probably more on the local level than anything else, because uh, the Constitution doesn't allow it, as we have pointed out over and over and over on your show. And it's a shame that the American people continue to genuflect to this uh, unwarranted authority on the federal level. We need to stop. We need to say, wait a minute. I read the Constitution. Anybody can read it in 20 minutes, Sam. There is no provision. In fact, the 10th Amendment specifically prohibits the federal government from getting involved with anything that is not specifically mentioned in the Constitution. Even a dummy like I can figure that one out, Sam. Why can't normal uh, Americans figure that out? and elect and reelect Congress people that will uphold those constitutional principles. That's how you solve the problem right there. Amen to that. There's no question about it. I believe that Joel Skousen really dovetails this uh, focus when we say the oil embargo on Russia, a fraud. That's worldaffairsbrief.com just recently, uh, literally highlighting this is completely bogus. When Joe Biden makes a campaign promise in 2019 and says, hey, Look me in the eyes. Really goofy. You know, um, A, we're going to get rid of oil fuels. I guarantee we're going to end, right? We're going to end yep. fossil fuels, says Joe Biden. And then all of a sudden, you got this big battle with Russia. You got this Russia embargo that's a big fraud. Gas prices are going through the roof. Inflation over the past year, ladies and gentlemen, has risen to a 41-year high of 7.9%. I believe that's just the tip of the iceberg as well. Um, you know what? Even if we try to continue to use Vladimir Putin as a scapegoat, that does not explain how during the Trump administration gas prices were extremely low. The problem is people just don't even understand economic reality. 
Um, we need to be no. energy independent, Chris. We do. And this is basically an outgrowth of our separation from God. The, let me read this really quick that I wrote. The globalists know that they can only do as much as the American people will let them get away with. And, and globalists, by the way, are running our country. Uh, hopefully we haven't figured that out from by now. We should. And I'll continue that quote on the other side of the break. Roger that, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on the road. Chris Carlson in studio. We're taking care of business, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking it down like nobody's business. I'll say that. The truth on oil. The truth on energy. The truth on the proper role of government. On Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden relying on sanctions to deter President Putin from invading Ukraine now says reporters are playing a game with him by announcing his deterrence didn't work. A CBS News reporter asked Biden a question Thursday in Europe. What makes you think Vladimir Putin will alter course based on the action you've taken today? Let's get something straight. You remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. That's not what I said. You, you're, you're playing a game with me. I know the answer is no. Biden administration officials over the last few months. Our intention is to have a deterrent effect. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. We want them to have a deterrent effect. President Biden said Thursday he would support Russia being expelled from the G20 over its invasion of Ukraine, further isolating Vladimir Putin on the international stage. We are USA Radio News. I need four more of the biscuit carnitas, two burnt end platters, three... The kitchen at Kai's Barbecue is firing on all cylinders. Greg, help me bring these to the pickup counter. He needs food runners who can hit the ground quickly. 86 on the chicken and we're short-staffed. Let's pick it up. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. You've heard us talk about the luxurious Giza Dream sheets for my pillow. Well, now they're on sale at 60% off as low as $39.99. Lots of other overstock items and a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO, with any purchase. But you've got to use my promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com, the radio listener square. Use my promo code USA or call 1-800-951-8175. President Biden travels to Poland today during his European tour aimed at coordinating the West's response to Russia invasion of Ukraine. Upon his arrival at the airport, Biden will be greeted by Polish President Duda and receive a briefing on the humanitarian response to the war. He'll also meet with service members from the 82nd Airborne Division in country before traveling to Warsaw in the evening. A former House Speaker in Michigan is facing some serious charges. Among other things, Democrats in Lansing, Michigan, want the committee to investigate whether former House Speaker Lee Chatfield committed financial improprieties while in office. Chatfield, a Republican who was Speaker last term before leaving due to term limits, has been under scrutiny since his sister-in-law alleged he began sexually assaulting her when she was a minor. Current Republican House Speaker Jason Wentworth opposes forming the panel saying the police are investigating from the usa radio news midwest bureau i'm katie lewis 
We are USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, telling the tale of liberty, ladies and gentlemen, talking about several reality checks, ladies and gentlemen. Look, inflation's at a 40-year high. You know what? This oil embargo on Russia is a flat-out fraud. Joel Skousen, worldaffairsbrief.com. You know what? Gas prices have been going up long before this, quote, Putin's invasion of the Ukraine or this, quote, uh, battle that's going on. Look, the earth is full and plenty to spare, says God Almighty in the Bible and in um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Doctrine and Covenants. The Politics of Oil is a book written by Jerome Corsi about this. Joe Biden, I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuels. That's a 2019 campaign pledge. Are you surprised? Do you think it's coincidental uh, that, uh, hey, gas prices are going up, 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 in a way to where none of us can literally afford the price of gas? It's all contrived, ladies and gentlemen. It's all part of the reset agenda. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, understand this very clearly. They told us we were out of oil back in the early 1970s. It was so bad. We were so out of oil. They lied at the time that they literally said you can only buy gas if you have an even or an odd license plate on the proper day. If it was an even day, you could buy gas. If it was an odd day, you could buy gas. Otherwise, uh uh-uh. We've got a shortage. We've got a ration. And then they generated and created this energy department that's been done nothing but caused havoc in America and violated the free market in America for the last 50-plus years, an unconstitutional agency. So, see, every time they create a crisis, they come back with more and more and more government that takes away your liberties, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, this is serious business. And you cannot take these, quote, campaign promises from these globalist leaders like Joe Biden lightly because they're on a bender. They're on a bender to change your life for the worst. Using Putin as a scapegoat does not explain how, hey, we had low gas prices under Donald. Right? There you have it, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, maybe solar is our future. Maybe wind energy is our future. Maybe somebody will invent a perpetual motion machine that will be the answer to our problems. Uh, I think currently oil is probably, uh, you know, just as good as anything. I, I don't know why we'd go. But the thing is, is government is never the solution to an economic problem, like whether or not we should transition from oil. Say that to again. Wind I don't mean to interrupt, but you've got to say okay. that again, because that is the telltale truth. Government can never, ever outdo the free enterprise system. If it, If solar is a viable alternative to oil, great. Let the free enterprise system determine that. It has done so a zillion times in the past and proven what is the best, most efficient, most cost-effective solution to our problems and get the government the bleep out of it like the Constitution does not allow it to be in. If somebody so, builds a better mousetrap, Chris, with a wind or you know hydro or you know solar or any of those things, if they build a better mousetrap, buddy, people will embrace it. Is it faster, better, cheaper, smarter, more efficient, more appropriate? The free market finds that out like nobody's business. But again, we continue to have this moral hazard of government being involved. Uh, But they really don't care about oil either, Um, Chris. Understand this, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's the environmental discussions, whether it be oil, whether it be global warming, whether their real agenda is control, sir. 
control and the destruction of our God-given agency. And they hate that more than anything because they know that if we have that, if we have our agency and we exercise it righteously, we'll have every solution that we need. The problem, Sam, is God has been kicked out of our educational, our governmental, our cultural institutions, and believe it or not, our churches in some cases. Now, that's another discussion for another day. Most Americans are not getting the message because we've kicked God, for the most part, out of our lives. In 2007, like I said, I predicted that gas would get to $7 a gallon. I think we'll see that eventually. Unfortunately, I was, fortunately I was wrong about the date, but it looks as if I'm, I'm right about the price. The globalists know what they can do and how much they can do to us at any given time. And the reason is, Sam, is because we have degenerated spiritually and we have disconnected ourselves from our maker. And they know that the more we do that, the more easily deceived we will be. The simple concept of supply and demand that we learned in high school has now been replaced by social and environmental justice, which the globalists are, are promoting. That's our new religion. And we're re slowly replacing Christianity with that new religion of social and, and environmental justice. And that's where we're headed. And we've got to put a stop and push back to that on that. Big time we need to push back. First off, we need to really educate to the truth of not only the reality of that, hey, God says there's plenty and room to spare, ladies and gentlemen. God will take care of his people. God will take care of the planet. God is not a deist. He does not just wind up the clock and walk away. He literally uh, is involved and cares individually about each of his sons and daughters. And he does indeed have care, interest, and involvement to the most minute, intimate detail about his creations. Make no mistake about that. As we testify of his son, Jesus Christ, and the incredible atonement that that creates, allowing each one of us to eventually live with him, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what an ESG score is, ladies and gentlemen? That's how they're going to force this deception upon us, Chris. Yeah, so an ESG score is basically what they've implemented in China already. The social credit score in China, whereby if you jaywalk or you know, you're nasty to a business owner or you do something that is socially unacceptable, you get that score lowered and your uh, ability to access certain resources in society becomes diminished. We're going to that here in, in America. We're not going to call it the social credit score like they call it in China. We're going to call it something else in order to, to disguise it. So it looks like it's going to be the ESG score. So let me just read what Larry Bell uh, how he describes it in his article in lewrockwell.com. He said, last November, the U.S. Labor Department, Department of Labor, has proposed a rule that would require pension plans and asset managers to account for environmental, social, and governance scores, ESG, in determining 401k retirement plan decisions. And then he goes on to say that um, this impact, uh, so th the score will be based on uh, workforce diversity, climate change, investments in sanctioned green energy projects. And then I added a couple here, um, responsible investing, ensuring health and demographic risk. You know, demographic risk is basically, you know, wh which minority groups are being impacted by a particular uh, corporate decision. 
and it goes on. I don't want to read it's where them all. They pit the the, it's where they pit the minority of a certain issue or circumstance or whatever you want to say against the majority in an effort to, through that Hegelian dialectic, gain more control. Exactly. And who's going to decide whether or not your uh, activities are in compliance with this EGS score? Is it going to be democratically determined, you know, by a vote? You know, is it going to be, should I decide whether or not my activities are in accordance with the government standards? No, of course, the government is going to dictate these in an attempt to unrighteously control society in a way that I guarantee you, Sam, is not going to be to our benefit. So we need well, to think push about back this on ESG this. score. It's designed these three elements, if you will, um, really are designed to create choke points at every human interaction, Chris. That's oh, the yeah. real goal is to put a choke point at every human interaction, be it economic, be it social, via the private sector, via the government. They want to really use this ESG score to control every interaction. Just ask Bloomberg, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yep. Bloomberg has something to say about this. Now, this, I, I looked for their article. I found a reference to the article. Um, he talks about, and this is uh, in newswars.com. I'll just read the quote. Bloomberg recommend, recommends you eat lentils, stop driving, and let your pets die to save the planet and cope with inflation. <laughs> let your pets die. How many people are going to be that cruel and unusual to allow their pets to die in the name of environmental correctness or environmental <laughs> responsiveness? I mean, you got to eat lentils. Man. Listen, eat lentils. Stop driving and let your pet die. That ought to fix everything. I don't mean to laugh, but ladies and gentlemen, I agree that it's cruel. I agree that it's psychotic, but when you think about it, it's just this typical environmentalist whacked out, not even tapped into reality, literally unhinged idea. Just never drive, never go anywhere. I mean, I don't know if they want us to go back to horses, but remember, horses fart and that'll create problems on the environment. So you can't have your horse. See, so you can't go back to your horse even. Right? You can't drive. So, you know, travel's out. Go ahead and just eat lentils. No thanks. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, hey, kill your pet as if your pet did anything wrong. Didn't God create the pets too? And all animals and all creeping things on the earth and crown it with his jewels, his sons and daughters when he created the earth? Hang tight. Bloomberg's off his rocker. Chris Carlson, spot on. How do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, uh, Dad, why don't we um, go fishing? Just very simple, but it, it really counts. They make a song up and they come into our bedroom and say, we made a song and will you listen to it? Our next year oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes and she said, Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing My up. My son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug and run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that I'm the registrar at, and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung, and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about and you. And I think of my boy that uh, we finally got him through graduation, and he came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family. Isn't it about time? That's all I said. 
and that meant everything to me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Bloomberg is whacked out as the environmentalists get. Yeah, just eat lentils, stop driving, and kill your pets to go ahead and save the planet. You know, you don't kill your pets. You just let them die. Uh, to me, see, same thing, ladies and gentlemen. Look, we have stewardships. Do not betray those stewardships over these whacked out environmental lies, ladies and gentlemen. Come to your senses, please. But you know what? CDN News, Pat Robertson. Oh, this guy's whacked, Chris. Unfortunately, he is. And unfortunately, Sam, he's a very popular televangelist. And he has been for years and years. I remember going back to my childhood and listening to him on the 700 Club. I don't know if you remember that. But this guy is mainstream Christianity, evangelical Christianity, I should probably uh, include. But uh, this guy's got some pretty dang radical views on war. And go ahead, Cameron, and, and play uh, what, how he feels about the war going on in the Ukraine. This is his remarks. We have the firepower to wipe out every Russian city, just one Trident submarine. And of course, we're not using it and they have no intention of using it. But why doesn't somebody in the administration call Putin's bluff? He's bluffing. And every time he says, well, if you do that, we're going to escalate. Oh, no, you're not, old buddy. We're going to do you if you try to do us and we'll make it worse. And you know it. Putin knows we we're powerful. He doesn't have much of, a, of an army. He doesn't have much of an economy. It's a tiny economy. And he's playing a bluff. But unfortunately... We have a man in charge in Washington who doesn't like to stand up to bluffs. He folds his winning hand every single time. Well, my, my former employer never misses okay, an opportunity. Okay, let's cut it there, Cameron. Yeah, if Sam, if this is mainstream Christianity today, we're in big trouble. We have lost that's... our marbles, Chris. There's a term called <laughs> unjust war my friend and this is yep. you know pat robertson is off his rocker he's literally saying hey <laughs> these guys don't worry about them just agitate crank it up call their bluff force a war i don't know if putin's bluffing or not i agree there's a certain amount of bluster there and bluff 
I also agree that, you know what, Russia's not near as strong as the United States. But let me tell you what I most importantly advocate. Do we want to lead as a warmongering nation? Do we want to lead as the nation that punishes anybody that disagrees with us? Punishes anybody that doesn't use our dollar as the, quote, global currency in trade for oil? Do we want to lead by force and lead by uh, mandate and lead by uh, threats and intimidation? Do we want to lead with a war mentality? We've become a warlike people, ladies and gentlemen. It is against God. It is unjust. But the Christians, Chris, seem to double down and love this belligerent war machine, don't they? Yeah, instead of focusing on getting our own house in order, we have plenty of work to do here in our own country, Sam, in getting our own house in order, uh, abolishing abortion, uh, addressing the transgender issue that's, uh, that's plaguing the nation, uh, you know, getting back on a righteous footing before we try to get somebody else's house in order. This is ridiculous. It, it brings to mind the aphorism, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. We better be careful. You know, the Lord has blessed us so much and, and for so long with the riches of the world and with prosperity and with our culture, and we've turned our backs on God. We need to get our own house in order before, you know, we start making promises that we probably won't be able to fulfill against countries that in some ways are more righteous than we are. So this type of tough guy rhetoric, Sam, is liable to get us into a world war. Pat Robertson, a popular evangelical evangelist or televangelist, is typical of today's dispensationalist, rapture-obsessed, militant Christianity. They believe that Gog and Magog in the book of Revelation is modern-day Russia. So that has a lot to do with it, right? They believe that eventually Russia will attack Israel and be destroyed by God. They also believe, and listen to this, this is really important, they also believe that they can hasten the return of Jesus Christ by accelerating global events towards the Battle of Armageddon. There are surrogates in Congress, such as Lindsey Graham and Peter Schiff, who have never seen a war that they didn't want you or your children to die in, uh, do their demonic bidding for them. And if if we continue on this track, if the... um, the American people continue to elect and reelect these dangerous leaders in in our country, we're going to deserve what we get. And believe you me, Sam, in the history of mankind, nations, righteous nations that started righteously have eventually been destroyed when they have degenerated and turned their backs on God. And we will be no exception to that rule if we keep going the way we're going. Ladies and gentlemen, I differ from Pat Robertson. I differ from Bloomberg. I differ from Biden. I differ from the military industrial complex. I could go on and on, but I will say this. Uh, The U.S. and the West needs to return to Christ and seek peaceful relations with Russia and peaceful relations around the world, Chris. Yep, we do. And there are voices, lone voices in the wilderness, like uh, Ron Paul, who you know obviously wouldn't say anything like that he would oppose what pat robertson just said and he's not even a minister or a preacher in a church uh and there's another example that i think we should probably talk about archbishop vegano speaks out against global globalist warmong excuse me warmongering okay so archbishop vegano of the catholic church 
and he's at odds with the Catholic Church currently because the Catholic Church is not standing up in defense of peace uh, and um, and trying to, to you know to to come to a peaceful resolution to our problems in the world. Uh, he said 11 things that I think we should probably give heed to, Sam. Do you want me to go ahead and start those, or do you have something to Absolutely. say Absolutely. Nope, I do? they're fantastic. Okay. Archbishop Vigano, number one, the entire conflict, and he's talking about the, uh, the war in uh, Ukraine currently. The entire conflict is a trap designed by the deep state to purposefully provoke a war, and I agree. I think they want a larger conflagration. And because that's big business to the big bankers, the the people who are running the world currently. Number two, the West knows expanding NATO upsets Russia, but is doing it anyway, despite previously saying it wouldn't. And it has. Um, I've heard several different uh, uh, instances where Ronald Reagan or George W. Bush or other presidents, I won't go into detail about that, promised Russia that NATO would not be expanded further east. And we have violated that promise. Number three, NATO and various other countries are illegally pouring ammunition into Ukraine, thereby violating international law. Now, I'm not an international lawyer, so I don't really know whether that's true or not. I assume he did his research on that. (laughs) Number four, there are many economic factors at play in Ukraine, gas pipelines, biolabs, technologies, etc., that make it attractive to outside parties. Well, I know it's a clearinghouse for a lot of uh, corrupt financial dealings. I'll say that. And there are politicians. Mitt Romney comes to mind. Nancy Pelosi. Of course, Joe Biden's son, Hunter. And John Kerry's uh, stepson, who are benefiting financially from the corruption in Ukraine. Um, And then I'll I'll leave it at that. Number five, President Zelensky is a corrupt individual acting as a puppet of Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. He is selling out Ukraine to the West and not preventing neo-Nazi forces trained by the U.S. from wreaking havoc on Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Now, Joel Skousen has a little different spin on that. He believes that Russia is actually involved in financing neo-Nazi forces as a pretext for war, and there's probably a lot of truth to that as well. Number six, Joe Biden has been tied to the Ukraine since his time as vice president. His son, Hunter, is connected to the Ukrainian energy company, Burisma. We talked about that already. There was a color revolution in Ukraine backed by George Soros and other Western groups. This has caused great social unrest since taking place in 2013 to 2014. Um, Again, Joel Skousen would add to that. Russia is also investing money in the Ukraine, and, and they actually have an interest in what happened, the Maidan revolution in 2013-2014, as, again, as a pretext for going in to uh, invade the country. Number eight, rhetoric has been ratcheted up in the last several months by Zelensky and the West about nuclear and atomic weapons, thereby heightening Putin's mistrust and promoting him to dissolve the Minsk agreement. And the Minsk agreement was the agreement that attempted to create uh, peace and stability in the Donbass region. Uh, number nine, the media cannot be relied on to report about what's going on in Ukraine. Their COVID track record is proof they can't do anything but lie. That's true. However, number it 10, all depends on what media you pay attention to, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very oh, clear yeah. and tell you that the new media is taking center stage with the truth. We are truth tellers, and we are in the media 
And you know what? We're gaining more credibility as they lose credibility day by day. But you got to support us, ladies and gentlemen. We need your support, financial and otherwise. Chris? Please, please. yeah. Oh, and, and the, the last part of that number nine quote, they are purposely trying to entice Westerners to support an escalation. And I believe that's true. I believe that they won't be happy until they bring about World War III. The U.S., number 10, the U.S., EU, and NATO promised the Ukraine, Ukrainian people prosperity if they side with them, but in reality, they seek to enslave Ukrainian citizens to the same freedom-robbing and culturally depressing policies that have destroyed the now godless West. And I can't agree more with that statement, Sam. Number 11, the West needs to return to Christ and seek peaceful relations with Russia so all people can live in harmony. Rome has fallen silent. Now, that's the church that he's associated with, uh, the Catholic Church, Sam. Rome has fallen silent about the true crimes being committed across the world. Perhaps God is going to use Russia as his bulwark against the secular West. And I couldn't agree with that statement anymore either. And I would yep, add there to you Rome, have it, ladies and gentlemen, it is serious indeed. But these international war criminals, Chris, are the same people. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. They're the same people who condemned the January 6th. Yes. Rioters. I'm going to take it, uh, issue with that word a little bit, but those people in January 6th for entering the Temple of Democracy while sending someone's children overseas, ratcheting up rhetoric and pushing for war. These are the same people, okay? Whether it's Joe Biden literally manipulating the environment and creating increased costs in oil, whether it's inflation, whether it's war, whether it's all these things point to what these war criminals are doing. They're denying us yep. agency. They're literally attacking liberty, and their ultimate goal is control. Final words yours, Chris. Yes, sir, Sam. Uh, we need to be engaged in that fight. So without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose the battle for freedom as the Lord's, but we as U.S. citizens need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continue our duty, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we could use your financial support as we tell the tale of liberty around the world on Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. For Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, we the people along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. But you got to get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt. Continue now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for what is it already March twenty-fifth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. Incredible. Our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. This is our two of two. 
And our goal is to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled Friday. And we're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. And we've got all kinds of incredible tidbits for you this hour, to say the least. It is Friday, second hour. That means Dr. Scott Bradley in the house. And the good doctor uh, has put together an incredible collegiate series called To Preserve the Nation. Incredible for homeschoolers and anybody who wants to get educated on the supreme law of the land. Uh, it's called To Preserve the Nation. Not only is that his collegiate series, but it's his lifelong goal. He's got a website for you to learn about that, as well as be involved in his weekly webinars and a whole lot more at freedomsrisingsun.com. Doctor, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much. It um, would seem, at least in my neck of the woods, that spring has arrived. It's quite pleasant today. And perhaps um, there, there is hope that after a long, hard winter, we're going to see some uh, some pleasant weather. So I hope everybody all across the country that might be listening is, is finding a similar kind of hope. Roger that. I want to talk about nutrition today a little bit. I want to talk about food. Joseph Mercola, well-known doctor, wrote an article that I found fascinating. And I know you're um, into nutrition as well, Dr. Bradley, and uh, into taking care of yourself. And, you know, the standard American diet, or SAD is what they call it, um, really kind of highlights where Americans have been for the longest time. And that's why we've got a lot of the problems that we have. We've got comorbidities left and right. We've got all these issues. But here's the headline from Joseph Mercola, well-known doctor. He says, the worst foods that make you more hungry. He says, a struggle with weight gain and obesity is a common and costly health issue leading to increased risk for heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and the like, just to name a few. And he goes on and talks about, you know, a lot of these individuals have substantially higher medical events and expenses with lost productivity, with all kinds of problems. He talks about they, they're not able to serve in the military. They're not able to do a lot of things. According to the 2019, um, what do they call this thing? State of Obesity Report, ladies and gentlemen. 18.5% of American children are abuse or are obese. That's ages literally 2 to 19. 39.6% of adults are now obese. Dr. Bradley, let's start there, sir. <laughs> well, I'm quite confident. Again, I'm not a medical doctor, but uh, the complexities of a lot of things seem to be in some ways overlooked or simplified or something as they're brought forth, kind of like, you know, the, the Ukrainian-Russian is issue that seems to be far less um, explained than it should be before we kind of take the path we do. I think that our um, our dietary problems are, are, have been a long time coming. Uh, I think that we have taken a path in this nation that uh, has gone for, uh, you know, the way, the, for, I mean, just start from the very beginning of every food source. Uh, they, they just put a, a, like four 
things in the ground to help things grow fast and look green and look good, but there's but there's no restoration of of uh, the minerals that are depleted from the soil, for example, in most instances. You look at how they harvest much or, or even prepare the ground. With corn, <coughs> everything seems to be now, almost everything, uh, where they they spray a, a Roundup-type uh, uh, agency on the ground to keep the weeds down. The corn takes it up. It becomes part of its genetic DNA, and we're ingesting um, this poison that, that keeps green plants gone. They say, oh, well, just don't don't worry about it. It doesn't affect humans. You know, they used to say in Southeast Asia during uh, the Vietnam conflict that Agent Orange, oh, it doesn't hurt humans. It's, you know, but my thought always was, well, look, if it kills 200-foot-tall trees, it can't be all that good for people. And what we're finding over the long term, I know, safe and effective. I know we keep hearing that. That was the early version of safe and effective back in the 70s. And uh, what we're finding now is, is many of my friends have, have become extremely sick and died because of it. And so we have these kinds of things. We look at the way that we harvest wheat, for example. They, um, uh, and it isn't 100% across all the wheat, but there's much of it is harvested. It gets to a certain point, and they want to hurry up the harvest practice, and so they, they do an overspray of this Roundup-type uh, spray that kills it all at once and dries it out, and then they harvest it. Well, what the heck? It's now got it on the grains. And uh, they, they harvest them, bring them in, and then they feed them to people. And I can't help but wonder if um, many of the people that are told they're gluten intolerant because they ate wheat and their, their gut bothered them, that they, uh, well, could it be that it's not the wheat it, itself? It might be a, a genetically modified wheat, which is how we've gone from all the early 70s, and 50s, and 60s, and earlier than that, when we had the uh, you know amber waves of grain that were four or five feet tall, and now they're little stubby grains that they've they've genetically modified them to with with a different uh, nutritional component. I just can't help it; it's not that. And then I think about the uh, professorial approach to things in universities. I had a child many years ago that was in a nutrition and food science class and they said that um, the most nutritious single substance of food that was out there was apple jack cereal and my, uh, my son said i'm done we're done here this, if these people are no smarter than that but they say no it's got grains in it it's got sugars it's it's got fruit in it i mean how can you go wrong with this well, it's all chemically modified and, and, you know, sprayed down to keep the bugs out and everything. It, it's just the way nutrition and food sciences looks at things now is, is from a perspective of high rates of production and uh, low spoilage rates and so on when the nutritional value may not be there. So we have a whole raft of things that, in my opinion, are contributing to the dietary deficiencies of Americans and, and leading to these uh, challenges. Uh, and and you, you look at the modified wheat, I think that part of that is what's contributing to uh, the, the obesity problem, as is the genetically modified types of foods that are, are now, I mean, we have tomatoes that, that taste like fish and because they've modified them differently uh, to, to get the the production things that make their marketing more easy. I mean, the, 
the color, the shape, the texture, all those things, when we're completely eliminating a thought process about nutritional value. So all of these things contribute, and I think it's kind of a tragic travesty that we've accepted at face value. Our family tries to eat without genetically modified foods and and um, going in the more natural ways. And, and so we try hard to, to make our selections of purchases in that manner, but a great, great, great many Americans don't even give it any consideration whatsoever. I think one other thing I ought to mention, and I throw it back to you because I've talked way too long. But it has no, to you're doing it. fine, Dr. Bradley. I well, think that you're exactly right. So jo- Joseph McCullough literally says, hey, the worst foods that make you more hungry. And he talks about a struggle with weight gain. He talks about how costly it really is uh, individually and for families and on the healthcare system. He talks about how there's all kinds of uh, realities that affect this. But, yeah, you know what? More and more and more people are not just overweight, but they're becoming obese. And he talks about junk food addiction is real. And he talks about uh, what it takes for junk food uh, to literally become uh, an addiction. And he talks about these um, different oils that have become the problem. Primarily soybean oil uh, is one of the biggest problems. And when you mix oils with the wrong kind of fats with sugar then it literally messes with your brain, ladies and gentlemen. It literally makes it impossible for your brain to regulate uh, your intake of food. It's an intentional trifecta disruptor, if you will. And they say, hey, potato chips are one of the most addictive food on the market because they have all three of these. They have these fats. They have this uh, iodine-filled salt. They have these oils. They have... Uh, And so they become one of the most addictive foods on the market. Believe it or not, research published in 2007, Dr. Bradley, showed that 94% of rats, listen, allowed to choose between sugar, water, and cocaine, chose sugar. Even cocaine-addicted rats chose sugar. Once they got the opportunity, in other words, even over cocaine, the rats would choose sugar. So sugar and these incredible um, fats that your body cannot digest or deal with properly uh, mixed with the right amounts of sodium are what literally is intentionally generating this obese reality and making it literally impossible for Americans to regulate their intake of food, junk food interfere with appetite control and literally deceive and rot your brain we'll talk about it with dr small business tech guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business our team specializes in information and technology social media general consulting and hr we thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. Dr. Bradley, when people are low in potassium, high in sodium, they're finding that that leads to great depression. This is all brought on by junk food. Depression is literally a junk food state of mind. These uh, junk foods literally manipulate your brain and make it impossible for you to have appetite control. I believe it's all done intentional, doctor. Well, it's probably very likely it is done. I mean, there's so many uh, avenues and, and so many strings you put out there to pull on. I <clears throat> Let's look at the fluoride world and its uh, uh, hardening of the pineal gland and making individuals more compliant and, and, and less active and so on. Fluoride has been a, an obsession of so many that are into, you know, government-mandated medications for so many decades uh, you look at, uh, well, the, the soy issue. Our family will not in, ingest soy at all. And you say, well, they do it in Asia, but they're in sm- so much smaller amounts than than what is included in a lot of American diets. But, but there's another thing or two, well, a lot of things, I guess. We can look at the environmental pollution that's going on with some of the toxicity. It's not just the poisons that are in the air. It's not just the... Uh, the stuff we're spraying on the ground and on the bugs and everything else like that, it's also um, electronic and, and uh, the frequencies that are out there. But there's also other things. Um, uh, the era I grew up, uh, you know, everybody, uh, we didn't have a TV set when I was little. I mean, uh, of course, you might say that's a poverty issue. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is we um, outside, go outside, play, you know, roller skate they didn't have rollerblades when i was little but roller skate ride a bicycle go play stickball go play some sandlot baseball go hiking um go someplace and uh experiment and and uh, experience life and uh one of the uh one of my friends was telling me one time he was from a, a very kid-friendly neighborhood in southern california back in the 50s 
and he talked about how it was just a, a plethora of activities constantly outside. And um, he went back, uh, and his mother was quite aged, and in this, the old homestead, you know, and the streets were barren. No, was out. no one was out. And he says, Mom, what happened? And she said, come in the house and look. And she pointed at the TV set and said, once those things arrived, everybody just kind of, you know, hands off, stand down, let's go in and watch. And it's even worse nowadays with computer games and, and uh, you keep them around in your hand and you sit in any place to sit and play card games, whatever. I mean, there has just been a whole mindset change with what America used to be. And, and, and you say, oh, yeah, but we have soccer teams and we, we, we can do things that are organized sports. <laughs> organized sports, who the heck cares? Let the kids go make their own games. Uh, the fact that you can't play a game unless you have paid to put a uniform on and, and uh, rented a field and have everybody there, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, whatever. Uh, I mean, we'd go out and hit a ball around any time we wanted and, and make up our own, you know, how, how it conforms to whatever environment we were in. It was just a different world. And, and nowadays we have uh, abandoned so much that made life worth living, in my opinion. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that have contributed. And I, I think we oversimplify it if we think it's just sugar. Absolutely, I believe sugar has become probably the mainstay of most Americans' diets. And, in fact, I think about when I was hospitalized and everything was done intravenously and I was uh, cogent enough at some point to be able to talk about what was being uh, put in my body. And uh, I finally said to the nutritionist, why don't you give me just a, a bowl of white sugar and a spoon and tell me to eat it? Because it was so sugar-based. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely absurd. I said, there's no nutrition in there. All you're doing is trying to put fuel on a fire that, that is disrupting everything. And, and, uh, every, and, I, and it's not just nutrition, but I'm firmly of the opinion that any residual challenges that I face are all medically induced. And, and I think that we just have a bunch of intellectual pygmies running things. And, and it isn't just politicians. It isn't just physicians. Uh, it isn't just entertainment people. I mean, it seems to be that we've got a, a national deficit of thinking people. And it may in part be that we've reduced our oxygen intake for so long now that our brain cells are deficient and we're, we're not firing on all the cylinders, as we might say in the old days with a car. So, no, we, I, th I think that there are, it's a multitude of things, and some things are purposely being done for profit margins. Some are done, I think, for perhaps even population control or uh, uh, keeping people compliant and complacent, uh, entertainment industry. It's just a whole plethora of things. I, I don't think you can put your finger out and say, oh, this one thing does it. It may be a big contributor, but I don't think it's everything. Dr. Bradley, I think this is a critical issue because, you know, there's a war uh, on in uh, America. And it's some, of, some people call it the culture war. Uh, some people call it the battle between Jesus Christ and Satan, uh, which I believe that's what it is. But the it's war the is over the... Everything comes to that. Yeah, it, bo that's it boils right. down to that one thing. All right, and whether it's, whether it's a war for your heart, a war for your mind, a war for your agency... 
Um, there's so many aspects to this war that I think are critical of discussion. And I believe they're literally attacking us nutritionally to make sure that we're not healthy enough to focus on the things that matter most. You see, when you deny our relationship with God, you do that by mocking religion and denigrating religion and uh, etc. And the failures of the religious leaders certainly do not help. They just add fuel to that fire. But when you divorce people from God, intentionally so, over decades and decades and decades of government policy, in other words, a.k.a. don't pray in schools, don't put the Ten Commandments up in schools because if people see them, they might actually think about them. And if they think about them, they might actually obey them, and that would be bad. So jettison prayer, jettison the Ten Commandments, uh, jettison then family. So create distance in the family, create a breach between children and their parents, do so with the uh, rock and roll culture and the, uh, you know, everybody wants to be a rock star and everybody wants to be famous and everybody wants to be rich and, you know, do that by magazines and now websites and social media channels that, that literally pit parents against children and parents are clueless and children know, pay attention to your peers and pay attention to the, uh, you know, the fashion industry, et cetera, et cetera. So they literally divorce us from God. They divorce families from one another. Uh, if the parents don't get a divorce, certainly the children and parents are divorced. Parents are painted as buffoons and, uh, you know, etc. cetera. Uh, so you attack God, then the family, and then our country, and you literally destroy our knowledge of history and our uh, desire to understand our godly heritage and the heritage of our founding fathers, so our, our countrymen's heritage. You can eventually attack the agency of, of individuals uh, by deceiving them into believing that hey others know more than we know others can do better for us than we can do for ourselves or that than god can do for us and i believe nutrition is one of the great keys to this if they literally can crank up the sugar in your diet crank up the fats that your body can't process deal with processed foods to the point where your body cannot digest them properly and then you get this situation where you're basically addicted because of the scourge of ultra processed foods ladies and gentlemen then they can literally it can lead to depression it can lead to overeating it can lead to and when your body then is physically uh, out of tune uh, to where you know what it's a struggle to be even in your body then hey they can start to divorce you from all those things that i've just highlighted god family country agency and all these things, because your body is in pain. You're, you're, you're in turmoil. You're not healthy enough to chase after the children and teach them right. You're not healthy enough. Uh, I mean, you can barely get your job done that you have to do in the day, and then you're just done. Um, and then they add to that entertainment, bread and circus. And they, lo- they literally have so many elements of this culture war that Americans aren't even focused on. And that's why I wanted to really dig into nutrition and dig into a discussion about the diets that Americans uh, have these days because I think it's really critical. And I think it's one of the ways they're divorcing us from the things that we ought to hold most dear. Doctor? You know, there's a a required reading book in my family. They're kind of hard to find. You can still get it. It's written by E. Merrill Root. E. Merrill Root, in my opinion, should have been the poet laureate of America. Uh, A poet, uh, a very intellectual, uh, well-thought, well-reasoned man. Maybe we can talk about vapid. 
vapid when we get back from the break. Because uh, I think that uh, that's where we're going with society, vapid. Look it up. And we'll talk about vapid women and vapid eyes and, and what society has become. And the email wrote, wrote of that. We'll do it all in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The Department of Justice charged four Russian government employees Thursday for their part in two historical hacking campaigns targeting the global energy sector in 135 countries between 2012 and 2018. The cyber attacks came from Russia's Federal Security Service against the energy sector conglomerates. So says Deputy Attorney General Lisa O. Monaco in a statement. She continues Russia state-sponsored hackers pose a serious and persistent threat to critical infrastructure both in the United States and around the world. President Biden, after meeting with NATO allies Thursday, said if Russia were to use chemical weapons in Ukraine, it would trigger a response from NATO. We would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. The European Space Agency has confirmed that it's indefinitely suspending its ExoMars rover mission with Russia's space program. USA Radio News. Have you or someone you know used heartburn medications Zantac or Ranitidine and been diagnosed with cancer? Zantac and Ranitidine have been positively linked to cancer. According to the FDA, Zantac and Ranitidine contain NDMA, a known cancer-causing agent. NDMA has been positively linked to cancers of the bladder, pancreas, esophagus, liver, and stomach. Even in single doses and in smaller doses over time, NDMA is one of the strongest proven cancer-causing agents. Call 888-960-1233 or go to ZantacMoney.com. You may be entitled to substantial compensation without going to court if you or a loved one have taken these products in the past 10 years and been diagnosed with cancer. Call now to see if you qualify for free. Call 888-960-1233 or visit ZantacMoney.com to get what may be owed to you. You may be entitled to a cash reward. Find out now at ZantacMoney.com or call 888-960-1233 to see if you qualify for free. One lawmaker says free money is the answer to high gas prices. Democratic Congressman from Connecticut John Larson is proposing a bill that would provide stimulus payments to Americans to offset soaring energy costs. Larson's bill would provide $100 a month per person for tax filers and dependents. It would be issued the same way as the 2020 and 2021 stimulus checks. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. President Trump's people filed a lawsuit Thursday against Hillary Clinton and several Democrats alleging they tried to rig the 2016 election by tying his campaign to Russia. The lawsuit covers a long list of grievances in a 108-page lawsuit filed in federal court in Florida. A special counsel investigation has documented Hillary Clinton's campaign did create Russiagate. NASCAR racing is in Austin, Texas this weekend. Thanks for listening and a TGIF to you, my friend. USA Radio News.
Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley educating us all about E. Merrill Root and the book called America's Steadfast Dream. E. Merrill Root was an incredible historian, an incredible think tank in and of himself. Born in Maryland, an anti-communist, stood for the sacred cause of liberty. And boy, this poet has prose. This uh, gentleman has guidance on really how to live our lives uh, with agency, with freedom in mind, Dr. Well, indeed, he did, and he had—he was such a wordsmith, and his his words were poetic, even in uh, uh, just uh, text of chapters. I mean, it didn't have to be officially poetry, but he—he um, he talks about, for example, I mentioned the word vapid uh, before the break, and he talked about vapid women, you know, and and it's it's really interesting that that seems to be. Who, who we're choosing as our heroes nowadays, you know. I mean, vapid has something to do with offering nothing that is stimulating or challenging. It's insipid. It's uninspired. It's colorless. It's drab. It's flat. It's dead. And you can look in people's eyes and find that how they've become vapid in many instances today by trying to resolutely follow some of these um, individuals that are put forward as heroes to us. And you can see a lot of uh, an example of vapid women, for example, would be you look at some of these um, magazines at the checkout stand uh, in grocery stores. They're staring back at you with dead eyes from the covers. And uh, that's supposed to be the cosmo. Oh, I shouldn't say that. It's a it's a way of, of uh, being kind of cosmopolitan in your uh, demeanor. And uh, the the people that, you know, I call them the um, uh, Botox queens that, that we find around today. Depth and breadth and character seem to be lacking. There seems to be a lack of life and enthusiasm and passion about things that really matter. Uh, we, we put the, um, the businesswoman in her uh, flaccid suit uh, out there as, as some kind of a, uh, ideal. And yet someone that is uh, fulfilling a divine role in the way they they cherish the things that God has really given us in depth and breadth and family and everything. It's it's so interesting. Anyway, that email root book, uh, it's not necessarily nutritional other than intellectual nutrition, I guess you could say. And he wrote many other books also. But, but in it really, truly, in the 90s, it was hard to find. Uh, and I, I made a kind of a, I don't know, it, it wasn't a life's work to go check it out, but I, I looked often in libraries to see if I'd find them. And they'd say, oh, yeah, we we uh, got rid of Root's books. They they literally deep-sixed them, threw them out. Uh, and uh, there is a little bit of a resurgence in some circles with Emeril Root stuff. But they were, as you pointed out, he was anti-communist. Oh, that wasn't a popular thing to be. But he had an Americanist philosophy on everything, and it was really quite refreshing in comparison to what the rest of the world is. And I think we have become vapid in our spirits. We've become vapid in our marriages. We've become vapid in our nutrition. We've become vapid in our entertainment. I mean, vapid in our politics. And and the, the nation is just worse off by not having... Uh, you know, kind of a lively intellect and consideration, and and I do believe some of it is nutritionally sound, I mean, nutritionally founded, in why we have those problems. That a lot of it is a spiritual um, dereliction 
where we have become derelicts in terms of our uh, looking to the eternal source of things and an exchange of of ideas and concepts of a higher order it just doesn't happen so often painting your fingernails I think you're is right more doctor important. and just so people understand <laughs> the term vapid many many may not even know what the word means but vapid is basically void of substance void of things that matter so a vapid conversationalist is somebody who just you can't really have a conversation with because they don't have any culture they don't have any experiences that they're just vapid they're void of things that matter void of principle you can't discuss moral issues with politicians that are vapid because they're void of morality they're void of so the absence of the void of if you will is to be vapid um and we bring this up because we want you to understand when we talk about vapid women we're talking about women who don't understand their role before god who don't understand their role uh, in society who don't well, understand do their god-given I'm, talents neither do men agreed that's right but but this is what we mean when we say this though look men need to understand their role as fathers they need to understand their role as defenders of liberty they need to understand their role as husbands defending their wives and they need to lead and teach and instruct and advise and counsel and serve and do all these things but you can only do that if you have a great understanding of your history of your heritage of your godly um, heritage as a son of our father in heaven and so when you have fathers that are vapid when you have mothers that are vapid and you have you know girls and boys that okay they don't have a great understanding of their duty of their opportunities of their blessings uh, in relation to God, family, or country. Then you get this incredible void, this incredible nothingness, this vapid reality that seems to permeate our society. And my goal isn't only to talk about nutrition. Uh, that's one, in my opinion, key factor that's very, very damning or damaging, which is both true, damning and damaging to us as a society. But it's not only nutrition. It's this vapidness that bread and circus brings about doctor well what happened in ancient rome is being replayed today and you know the decline and fall of the roman empire i mean uh, there's so much that we could learn if people would go back and restudy that great work and and we have have fallen into the same trap and and it's i find satan is really quite vapid in so many ways he he's not creative he's not uh, uh, vigorous in his thought processes. He just has over time observed what works to put people in kind of a destructive mode. And he plays them over and over and over and over and over again. And we as people are too foolish to recognize what's happening and break the cycle. And so we get in these death cycles that seem to have to be replayed over and over again. And, and you talk about the bread and circuses, but, but uh, yeah, we can, we can bring them right into our living room now. Uh, you, can, you can play it on the big screen, or you can play it on your little screen in your hand, whatever it is. But there's, a, there's a, an insipid way of living life. And, and I think about intellectually, if, if we go to universities, which the thought was, oh, these are going to be you know, a higher learning, uh, uh, an opportunity to be able to 
uh, expand and ex, ex, you know ex discover new truths and so on. But basically, today they become a political correct thing. And someday, I think there's people who are going to say, "Oh, you graduated from Harvard or Yale? I'm sorry," because they have become so completely compartmentalized with their critical race theory and their, "Oh, you're white. Shut up. You can't say anything about it." This idea you end up that, with oh, vapid universities, doctor. Truly, you do. And and these discussions with people. I mean, I think of the founding fathers sitting around the tavern or around the fireplace or something, discussing these great concepts of liberty. And nowadays, it's um, uh, something like, well, you know, I, uh, you can't say he's not a woman. It's like, huh? Where does this come from? I mean, these completely inane concepts, these confused people that can't decide, you know, the their sexuality, and, and that can't be a central theme in terms of how, you know, you act all the day and every day, but they can uh, get to the so confusing that you get these people that are sexually so messed up, they can't even function in society. And and you say, holy cow, how did all this descend on us in the last few years? And, and it, it really is by design. I'm very concerned about that. But let's just go back to email route again. Maybe there's some other things you want to talk about. But let me just say, well, in in that book we mentioned, and again, there's several he's written, and you need to probably review them, but that one that's required reading in my family, America's Steadfast Dream, uh, you look, and and he gives advice and counsel to a young man that might be looking for a wife or for a woman that might be looking for a husband. What kind of characteristics are you interested in? Why should you be interested in them? Where would you find some of these things? If you're looking for a spouse in the lo- wrong places, if your wife picker is wrong, um, why? And a lot of it is socially um, been brought about by the way we have our, our academic world, our entertainment world, and and by court case and everything else. But email root goes to the root of some of these things, and, and they're just very thought-provoking essays about these things. We're going to talk, when we come back, we're going to talk about it a little bit more with Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to gain advantage in the culture war. And the only way to do that that I know of effectively, ladies and gentlemen, is turn to God, family, and country. Turn to those who can educate us on what it means to jettison the vapid reality that we face today and replace it with rich, godly The heritage. spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Dr. Scott Bradley riding shotgun on the broadcast today. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website, his collegiate series to preserve the nation. Incredible webinars and more weekly at FreedomsRisingSun.com. We're talking about this interesting word called vapid. Void of things that matter. Void of uh, you know, nothingness. A bland if you will vapid food would be food without flavor or taste vapid women and vapid men are people without morals without understanding of who they are without a rich god family and country heritage that they should cling to for stability and safety those void of things that matter most those a vapid personality somebody who doesn't have a personality well this e merrill root author just nails this thing in such a way that's just just riveting, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in, in several books. Uh, but as we uh, ended the last segment, we were on this topic with Dr. Bradley of, you know, hey, when you're trying to find a wife as a man, you know what? You've got to have that part of your life together. You've got to have real goals, real priorities, a real understanding of, you know what? What do you want in a woman? And the first thing that comes to mind for me when it comes to a mother and a wife to be in my life is, hey, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And so you want to look for a woman who understands who she is, a daughter of God, a woman who understands her role as a wife, her role as a mother, her role as a society society builder understanding her role generationally and more doctor you know since we're talking and again i've maybe taken you far off track but we have a heritage that if people will take the time to uh, review some of the deep thinkers of the past we can avoid the, the challenges of the future and and since we've got some author, an author, email root, one of the, the contemporaries with him was a woman by the name of Taylor Caldwell. And she was, a, a, she wrote a lot of fiction that was kind of based on uh, what reality was and, and uh, wove the fictional content in but, but made points with it. And, and uh, so she's someone else that I, I think our family has enjoyed reading. But just let, let me just use a quotation that's often mistakenly attributed to Roman statesman Cicero, but she wrote this in A Pillar of Iron back in 1965. 
And, and I think this is where our nation is right now. We are rotting out from the core. We are being traded for a mess of pottage at our very highest levels, and people don't even realize it. But this is what she said. A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known, and he carries his banners openly against the city. But the traitor moves among those within the gates freely. His sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard at the very halls of the government itself. For the traitor appears to be no traitor. He speaks in the accents familiar to his victims. He wears their faces and their garments, and he appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of a city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to be feared. The traitor is the carrier of the plague. Now, to me, that is so much of the essence of what we've been talking about. We started off on a nutritional thing. But that has been done by design, as you so wisely point out. We talk about the entertainment world. We talk about the political world. We talk about the educational world. These kinds of things have been rotted, the soul, as are rotting the soul of the nation. And it's been by design, I fear. And we have allowed a, a lesser to be over us. And I look at the office of president. That's generally become the office of a lesser, a senator, a congressman. You look at, I mean, the, the people that hold office are generally lessers. They're pleasers. They're glad-handers. And, and what we need is some fire in the belly among families, among just individuals. We need to restore, you know, the, the vigor and strength of the nation and stop following these vapid people that are rotting our souls from the inside out. And and, and I just find it tragic that that most people have not taken the time to consider these things because we allow ourselves to be distracted by the things that are of lesser value constantly. And, uh, and if we could just elevate our thoughts, and, and ultimately and finally, we do have to go to God. And you mentioned earlier this, the, the way we've tossed God out of our schools. Um, and again, I remember we had prayer every morning in school. And uh, and we started our day recognizing the source of all knowledge. And once we kicked God out of school, well, if he's not welcome there anymore, maybe our intellectual uh, learning becomes uh, somewhat uh, of a suffering. And, and, and that's just what we're doing. And, and it's tragic. If Americans could just say, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And you look at the... <laughs> the intellectual incompetence uh, at the very highest level of our, I mean, look at, at Joe and Kamala and Nancy and Schumer. And I mean, holy Hannah. And, and just because they all happen to be Democrats doesn't mean they have a lock on foolishness. I mean, we have, I, I look at uh, Governor Little, for example, the state to the north of us that just signed a, an anti-abortion bill. And, and it was kind of, uh, uh, he was trying to figure out a way to chop the legs on, out from underneath it as he was signing it, uh, saying, oh, I'm, I'm pro-life, but golly, there's going to be all these problems. And what he did is he gave everybody that was against it an opportunity to say, hey, that's a good idea. I'm going to try this in the courts. 
we we just seem to be a, an on the one hand and on the other kind of thing and and we get you can't ride two horses with one butt get on it and ride it and that's just kind of what Americans have got to do again we can't be trying to uh, to be the academic all the time that that has couched their words in such a manner that you can or the politician you can you can interpret them any way you want because they don't want to have anybody nail them down I think when my undergraduate work in in uh, I focused on political science and my bachelor's degree and one of the classes I think I've mentioned it on your program before had to do with political speech and it, it's a really a science of being able to say a whole bunch of words and say nothing that everybody can spin in the way they want. Change you can believe in. Think of that Obama uh, motto. Well, your change and their change and, and my change, they're all something different, but everybody interprets it. Yeah, he's my man. He's yeah, even the, just even like the quote from Donald Trump, make America great again, fills this void big time. It does. It's political speech. It's, it's vapid speech. It's without life and vigor. There's no strength. There's no passion. There's no no character in what we seem to be standing for. And our politicians, their, their primary, I don't know what you'd call it, their prime directive is to get elected again. You know, and it's like, no. Stick your neck out a little bit. Take some risk. Let's restore the foundation. But, but as in Taylor Caldwell's statement, the, this... Uh, sly whispering that rustles through all the alleys that's what all we hear anymore and uh, and we're losing it we really are and again the foundation that we were built on to begin with as a nation was a godly foundation that uh, hearkened back to the principles of a successful society that god had outlined in the holy scriptures and uh, we've we've abandoned all of that I mean, I not I know everybody hasn't. There's good people out there that haven't, and I love the people of this nation. We've talked about how I left home when I was 16 and traveled this country, and as a teenager, saw the land from uh, Florida to Alaska and from New York to California, and I fell in love with the land. I fell in love with the people, but so often now we are led by lessers, and. Uh, uh, the good people are scratching their heads saying, what happened? What happened? And I long for the days that people can say, ah, I can see what happened. I can see where the the, uh, the leadership has been at the basis of these failures. You know, the, the, We are indeed uh, educating to and speaking truth on these issues, ladies and gentlemen. And really, we need to understand the takeaway in this culture war, whether it be nutrition, uh, whether it be a vapid um, complacency that seems to be uh, affecting our nation so negatively, uh, whether it be the culture war and the battle therein. Look, ladies and gentlemen, religion and morality are the two great indispensable supports to society well, and to families. Yeah, Washington said they're the, sp the pillars of it. It's amazing. Religion and morality. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to jettison the vapid uh, reality that we face these days and you want to replace it with vigor and life and prosperity and stability and hope and uh, uh, honor and faith 
and integrity. I mean, I could go on and on with descriptive words to articulate, but look, you're not going to do it without these two pillars, without these two fundamental indispensable supports to really America's good or America's great because America's good. This idea comes from this. We've got to turn to God. We've got to bring back morality and religion. And I know a lot of people in modern days are just, they love to say this. Well, Sam, I'm not really religious as you are. I'm, I'm not really religious. I'm a spiritual guy, but I'm not a religious guy. Look, we can use semantics to become vapid in reality and pretend that we've got some spirituality without religion. But, but the truth is they're inseparable. The truth is spirituality and religious um, involvement and care are literally in you can't divorce the two you can't pretend they're separate the fact is you either understand moral principles and you turn to a greater being than government or you're in trouble and these fundamental realities we must face if we're going to ever win the culture war final words yours doctor well you know the, the, I, I you can't go wrong with washington's thoughts his uh, uh inaugural address first one he talked about how uh is, is it would be based upon public and private virtue. And he talked in his farewell address about the, those two pillars, religion and morality, upon which we can build our basis. Um, the, these were the foundational concepts that upheld Americanism. And uh, we've strayed far. And Americans need to retor- return to and restore those kinds of things. And, and we can tie uh, our fundamental founding documents back to all of these things and we can do it uh, in such manner that I think it's unassailable unless you just want to be plain stupid and deny everything in your life that's of any value. Or unless you follow the wrong leader and you don't believe in agency and freedom and life and stability and safety and prosperity and morality and religion and all the things that save, ladies and gentlemen. We believe in the Savior Jesus Christ, testify he lives and that his atonement is real and he invites us all to turn to him. And but by him is life. But by him do we return to our God. Let's never forget God, family, and cult, and country. For Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman, freedomsrisingsun.com, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, God save the republic.